This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, you'll remain home in Labour. I've got a bit of a croaky voice. Yes. I'm joined by Steve. Steve, how are you doing? Yes, who are you? And my name's Richard Porritt. Oh, okay. And this is the New European Podcast, brought to you. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> so we're going to do the news, and there's plenty of it. Well, it's been a quiet week then, for Brexit. Then Jerry and I are going to play a Brexit deal roulette. Good, yeah. We were going to call it Brexit Wheel of Fortune, but I couldn't find a sound effect for Wheel of Fortune apart from the theme tune. Dun, 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 And that, what we'll do there is we will look at what will happen if, as expected now, Theresa May's deal fails. What yes. will be the next options? And then we will crown a Brexit of the week, as always. Um, but first... It's a bit, it's all a bit sort of... Walking Dead, isn't it? It's a sort of zombie government with a zombie <laughs> deal that no one's going to vote for. It's like, um, it's like, um, imagine how dispiriting it must be if you if you are a band who've had success in the past and you are yeah. promoting a really poor fourth or fifth album around. You know, and like, well, like let's spi- pick an example, like in Spinal Tap. Yeah, you know the the your your appeal is becoming more selective, and the mega domes that you used to play in are not even, you know, then they're, they're no longer even sort of the- big theatres, are they? They're, they're you know like smaller clubs again. It feels like that. It it's uh, the body politic certainly appears paralysed, doesn't it? The body politic appears paralysed. Who are you and what have you done with Richard Forrest? 
Which, where did you read that? The body politic appears paralysed. Well, it does. Did you read that in, is that, was that in, a, in the Times or something? Straight, straight out of my... my Your giant Brexit brain. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, it's, yes, I, I agree. Good. The body politic does appear paralysed. Yeah, How, what, what, what can happen to bring it back to life? I don't know. Deparalisation. <laughs> at this stage, um, so I fear anyway, for it. Yes. Well, this is where we're at. Theresa May lost three votes. She did. Before we even started the debate. She'd be good if she'd, if she'd held up three fingers like Margaret Thatcher did that time. <laughs> three. Yeah, well, so the, the, the first two were around the um, publication of the legal advice. Yes. Which, to me, I don't know what you think, Steve, but to me felt like just an easy win. For yes, yes. R- rather than, apart from, well, there's some stuff on the backstop, which obviously, well, actually, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Michael White thinks it's a bit of a cheap trick, all this, doesn't he? And and that it will come back to bite well, Keir Starmer on the bump. I have to say, I can see I can where, see he's, where coming he's coming from, from there, yeah. Um, and if they'd have known that the, that the Griever men would also be a winner, then maybe... They wouldn't have done it in the first place. But, so, yeah. the Grieve Amendment, there's quite a lot of confusion around it, um, to begin with, I think we've got it straight. Though. What's your understanding? My understanding of the Grieve Amendment yeah, it, and what it means. is that it gives people the right to put down amendments after the after the meaningful vote is lost. MPs, yes. Yeah, so, yes, so not after, just me. Yeah, I couldn't good, come though. in and say I would like... <laughs> that would quicken up the Brexit process. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> 60 million amendments. Yeah. I would, can I, I would like to have the history man re-shown on BBC Two. That's not been shown for ages. Really oh, good. Yeah. What, Anthony Sher and Geraldine James. Brilliant. What would I go for? Is it going to be TV related? It can be anything. Oh, anything? Yeah, any can put down any amendment. Any amendment? Well, I Fantasy would... Fantasy amendments. Well, I bought a Curly Whirly a few weeks ago. Yeah, it hadn't gone white, had it? No. No. Okay. Ooh, white curly whirlies. Well, no, they were. It used to curly whirlies used to do a thing. If you left them too long, they used to go sort of very, very not the opposite of brittle. In fact, they used right. to go very hard. Yeah. And then they would <laughs> the, the opposite cho- of brittle. The chocolate would go very white. Right. Um, in, inside, oh. and they look very unappealing. But not anymore. Not anymore. But I, they did appear smaller, but it might be because I'm bigger. Yes. I did try to convince a child that I was buying the Curly Whirly for that if. The child. If she ate enough Curly Whirlies when she did a poo, it would come out looking like a Curly Whirly. That's right. Uh, is that true? Yes, it is I absolutely thought, true. I thought so. Good. Terry um, Sc- I should bring back Terry Scott as the voice of the. Even though he is dead. But he's curly whirly. Curly whirly. He was brilliant. Terry Scott doing the voice, doing his schoolboy on the voice of the curly whirly adverts. They do, we don't do we don't do adverts like that for small chocolate bars anymore. No, I think a chocolate is chocolate advertising banned. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it is banned. Anyway, well, oh, I'm not sure. Well, it's about to be a, a TV advertising ban on um, uh, live gambling. Betting. Poor old Winstone. He'll never work He'll again. Never will work he? again. There you go. If you see, if we was if we weren't in Brexit paralysis, that would be a good. Yes, if the body politic week, was not, not paralysed. Yeah. And indeed, the revelations out of the committee about Facebook yesterday are massive, and they, they, are. they nibbed everywhere. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is a Brexit podcast, so we should probably stick to it. Brexit. Is rather than a curly whirly podcast, absolutely, which we'll do at some stage once we've defeated Brexit. Be more successful. Um, so. The grief, yeah, the grief amendment. I think means, I think, <laughs> means that if Theresa May comes back with a plan B, yes, and it is scuppered, yes, then Parliament can pretty much take control of the process. Yes, that's right. Yes, and I guess at that stage they could vote as to whether we have another vote. 
they could vote to well they could I guess they, another referendum. I guess there could be an amendment asking us yeah. to to yeah. ask for another three months to delay article I, 50. I think that is be what well, I think that'd be the very first thing they yes. did as I've said before is to put that date back yes but then you know there could be an amendment to see if the House backed a, sec- a second referendum. Well, exactly. But also, I suppose there could be an amendment to say, does the House actually back No Deal or or not? Or, yeah. Or could, there would also could also be an amendment saying, does the House, should we explore Norway? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, just uh, for a and all of that. Yeah, just for a holiday. <laughs> all yeah. 650 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Trooping fantastic. up behind the speaker. It, wouldn't it be great if they all just went off to Norway? Yeah, that'd be lovely. Who would you miss the most? Oh... Who would I miss? Oh, Gavin Williamson. It's a long way to take a spider. Also, there are a lot, because Norway's quite chilly this time of year, a lot yeah. of fireplaces to stand in front of. Oh, there would be. <laughs> it's fraught with danger. I would miss Jess Phillips. Would you? Yeah, I love Jess Phillips. Um, but I think she'd... You could she, send a little I think she would thrive in, in the Norwegian conditions. You could send a little... little um, I don't think Nicholas Soames would enjoy Norway. No. I think I've never been to Norway, so I wouldn't like to come in. No, really, I'd be happy to go if the Norwegian tourist tourists will want to sponsor us and send us out there. We're happy to do a pod. Chunky knitwear, I think, would suit. What do they call that? Higgy, huggy. Yeah, huga, huga. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do think Stella Creasy and people like that might be into it. Oh yeah, because they're woke John McDonnell. He's cool. um, he, he looks like a man who's got a selection of. Aaron Jumpers. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe so. I think he likes to be holidays in Great Yarmouth, doesn't he? So I think he's used to... Yeah. Yikes. With yeah. Jerry. With Jerry Scott, Famously yeah. from Great Yarmouth. Um, so, the body politic is paralysed. <laughs> I believe so, yes. <laughs> Theresa May's probably not going to get over through next Tuesday, is she? Well, she's... I mean, look, we're recording this on Thursday... Will it Thursday, even go ahead? Thursday for a... Um, yeah, and, and will it even go ahead? But... It would be uh, so. I think what is happening, uh, and what we see is that Theresa May's supporters are saying that anything over a defeat by two hundred, under a defeat by two hundred votes, is some kind of triumph for the yeah. for the prime minister, and um, and uh, people who are on our side are saying that anything. Um, other than a narrow win, is a, a total failure for the Prime Minister. But right. Theresa May's ne- never going to win this, and it might even, not even be held at all, I guess. So we'll talk about what happens with Jerry if and when she doesn't win. But Yeah, what, who Jerry doesn't win? Jerry, will, Jerry always wins. She does win. Um, but Theresa, Theresa May may not. In this She's not going to win. Um, <clears throat> but there seems to me to be... the If there was... To be one change to to the deal, and there's every possibility that she'll go back to the EU or indeed try and get the same thing through again. Yeah. After this then it is the backstop, isn't it? The customs backstop that is yes. the issue. So, if and this is pretty much the only really interesting thing, in my opinion, that we found out from that legal advice was that it is indefinite. The backstop. Yes. There has to be. So this is the problem. The Brexiteers don't want an indefinite backstop. They're not too worried about the backstop continuing. For a period, well, they are worried about that as well. Aren't they they? Are, the but hard, it has the to hardest run out. of the hard. Just want to leave, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it, if it, if if we said, all right, it definitely runs out in twenty twenty. Yeah, she'd probably get this through, wouldn't she? Do you think? I think she might, yeah. yeah. Because there is concern now, especially after the Grieve Amendment, among Brexiteers that 
Actually, this doesn't make this actually takes no deal off the table. Yes. Because no deal's never going to get through Parliament. Yes. They simply don't have the numbers. They don't even have enough numbers to topple the blinking Prime Minister. So they certainly no. don't have enough numbers to get a no deal through Parliament. And it could mean that we end up with no Brexit. I mean, Theresa May has been threatening that. And yes. Yeah, sounds great. It does sound great to me. Um, that's what they're worried about. So I think the slightest bit of... Well, not slight. It's quite a, be a big concession, obviously. If, if that um, backstop was finite, then I think she'd get this through. Well, I don't know. I've not really looked at the. I've not really looked at the numbers for that. That would swing the. Would that swing the DUP back? I would have thought so. So that would swing back, but that's you know that's only a twenty vote swing. You know, you probably if not the first time, the second time because the market yeah, prob- the pounds already the, took a beating. Maybe the second time, but yeah. you're still looking at flipping about seventy five people, aren't you? Yeah, I, I would have thought fifty to seventy five people, and I and I'm not sure. And also. Why would the EU agree to? Why would? Why well, I would, don't think they would. I'm not suggesting this is going to happen. I can't yeah, see yeah, the yeah. EU agreeing to that. So at I, all. I can't see that the EU would agree to this. Um, no. So I think it's probably a non-starter. So the, the prime minister had always said that it was um, a temporary arrangement. When we say the prime minister, by the way, we're referring to <laughs> Theresa May. We are recording this on Thursday. It could be anybody by now. It could, it could be. It could. Who could it be? <laughs> well, I think she'd still be prime minister. Honey, the honey monster. Perhaps he could be prime minister. Long. Yeah, I, I'm not what, sure we'll Chris have to Martin. call him the Honey Monster anymore. No, I think we've I think we've got to call him the Healthy Breakfast. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, Chris Mon- Martin out of Coldplay he could be the Prime Minister. Well, you know, I'm no fan of Coldplay. No, me neither. Although I quite liked uh, Shiver when it first came Shiver? out. Shiver, I don't know that one. Yeah, I'm that, sing I think it. that was there for. Don't you Shiver? God Almighty. <clears throat> that is putting the shivers up there. <laughs> and um, and there are some other bits and bobs that are okay, but they share. Della Remberg, is she yeah, still alive? I have no idea. She'd they be share... a good Prime Minister. Coldplay, I'm still on Coldplay. They share all their earnings equally. Do they? Yeah, not just among the band members, yeah. but with a fifth member who's always been their manager from really? day to Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so you might not like their music, but Chris Martin seems like an okay guy. Did they share that? Um, did they share their royalties for that song that sounded exactly like Tour de France by Kraftwerk with Kraftwerk? Well, I think they even said. I think they. Um, I thought it was Computer World. It was compu- so, it's Computer I World. I think yeah. they even. I think they even credited them actually. Did they? Yeah. To be fair, it's amazing. I used to share. It is Computer World, isn't it? Yeah, Sorry. It is. Yeah. I used to share a back fence with, with Chris Kraftwerk Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow. Did you? Just about. <laughs> <laughs> Any more details on this? Well, we I lived in a... When in you a... worked on the tabloids, did you... Is, are you saying <laughs> did you used to crawl on their fence to, to photograph no. their cupping rituals no, from I a distance? Worked, oh, man. No, I worked... Where did I work? Probably the Evening Standard at this point. Oh, yeah. And um, and I lived in a the converted wing of a church. Did you? Not just me by myself. No. <laughs> there were quite a few yeah, of us. Yeah. Um, not in a commune. I mean, they made flats into it. Okay. And the back fence uh, sort of went onto their garden. It was, it's a very famous oh, yeah. street in uh, Belsize Park. Ah, lovely, very nice. Lovely place. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, it's good. So you see her all the time. And now you're here in a basement in Norwich. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Good. Stephen, nowhere else. Marvellous. I met the dogs. I met um, Apple and Moses, and I met <laughs> they're their children. No, they're the children. Met, they're not the dogs. But I met their dogs as well. Oh, yeah. What are the dogs called? Um, don't know. Bono don't know. and yeah. <laughs> and did you meet? Did you meet Gwyneth? 
Yes. Did you? Yeah. Do you know this story? No. Right, so I'm walking down... Um, the, I won't say the exact road because I'm not sure yeah. if it's a good idea to no, reveal exactly idea, where no. Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow live, or lived. Um, and up ahead is um, a, a lady walking yeah. with her dogs yeah. and with her son. Yes. Oh, well, I didn't know it was a son from that distance, Could but a young a, boy. a child. Could have been a child. Um, and they were walking quite slowly. And yes. I was walking, and, I, and there was a, a buggy being pushed on my part. Yeah. Um, there was a child in the buggy as well. I was okay. Yeah. And um, and as we got closer to <clears throat> this um, to this lady, um, my daughter started saying how cute the dogs were. Yeah. Children do. And on hearing this, the lady turned round and my daughter petted the dogs. Very nice. I started this conversation about the dogs. Then looked up and saw Oscar winner. Paltrow, sobbing. Absolutely beautiful she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A really stunning and very polite and it was all very nice for a platform. And I just saw it like that. Well. Because I could you, and she, you know where she was going? Yes. The spa at the end of the road. The spa, not the health spa, the no, actual no. the spa. I do know the gym she used as well, but it was the health spa down the end of the road. Well, that's it's an amazing anecdote. I wouldn't open with it in at Caesars, but it <laughs> well, is if a, I, I'll tell you the fair. I'll tell you the. Is an uh, I'll tell you the the other bit of the story that I can't tell the listeners. Okay, very good. Um, yes. Uh, so yes, I'm going to try to. What were we talking about? Brexit. That was it, wasn't it? Brexit. Yes. Um, what do you think Gwyneth Paltrow thinks of Brexit? Well, I don't think she'd be a fan. Do you not think so? No, because I think what if she what if she laid some of her rose quartz crystals on on Brexit? Would she be able to heal them? I Probably. think that after washing Brexit, she airs it rather than dries it with a towel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paltrow. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, 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 Jeremy Corbyn decided this week was not the week to discuss Brexit. No. PMQs. No. Um, I, I mean, again... I don't know how I feel about that. I know a lot of people said, well, it's a total open goal. I well, saw... He has, to be fair to Jeremy, has been talking... He's done... Lots and lots of Brexit stuff for four or five weeks. Nothing else. Well, he, he was he he pre the, the evening before he he exactly. spoken in the Brexit debate, hadn't he? And exactly. I actually so, thought that it was, you know, and um, and it is important that we recognise that there are other things going on as well, and his points were valid. And so I'm not going to beat him up over that one. Not like I did when he went going on about trains or buses or whatever it was. I enjoyed the person from I think it was somebody from Momentum um, who uh, tweeted a. An earnest defence of Jeremy Corbyn, which said that um, absolute uh, boy, Napoleon, yeah, the absolute boy, but said but said that Napoleon had said, um, "When your enemy is in trouble, do nothing." And um, and somebody pointed, a historian pointed out that Napoleon had said that just before <laughs> his final defeat, <laughs> before he was exiled and killed by his own wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. in Saint Helena. In Saint Helena, as we know. Well, one of the new European designers was born. Was born quite. Um, so Ian Blackford, however, did, yeah. and he was talking. A leader of the SNP uh, yeah. in Westminster. He um, brought up the backstop. He didn't go quite as far in the house as he did outside the house when he said. Let's call a spade a spade. She did say the backstop is only temporary. So on the basis of what we know, then yes, the Prime Minister has lied. Yes. And to be fair, I think she's definitely been trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. Very much so. It's a good job. Well, it's this is why that she didn't want everybody to see the, to see the, um, the the full legal advice because it makes it quite clear that the backstop is something that we can't get out of without the EU saying so. Um uh, uh, so 
it's 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 it makes a difficult deal to sell even more difficult to sell and there is no mark there's, there's there's nothing in it for the eu to save her now or to save this deal now i wouldn't have thought i think you've always been quite clear that it is this deal or there is no other there is no other deal um i don't know though i still think that they would be happy to give us more time yes i think so. i think i think they'd probably even if there was a change of someone at the top they would probably even say okay let's let's have another year and have another chat and see if there's not some other ways around it. I, I do think that they'll be flexible. I just don't think they're going to be flexible with this administration right at this time, at this no. point. Which I think is completely fair enough. No. And it's very telling, isn't it, that when you see people from the EU speak now, they, they, the, the, the words, you know, we would prefer no Brexit at all are very much used yeah. in every press conference yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, they, and, it, and, you know, the, an extension of Article 50... And a second referendum, I, you know, I, I, I still have huge doubts that these things will happen. I would love to see them happen, but you can't deny that week by week this is becoming closer and closer. And the the, the poll, the the YouGov poll, um, which which asks people the question was was it right or wrong? Uh, the vote was the vote right or wrong? Was it a mistake or not a mistake? Um, Forty-nine percent of people now think that the they made a mis- the, the, the vote was a mistake, mm. um, and thirty-eight percent of people think it wasn't. I said eleven percent of Leave voters mm. have have gone to the have gone to the other side. But then a poll later in the week, we see people asked, should there be a second referendum? Only forty percent said yes. I think the problem is that people. There is a lot of people out there who perhaps, and this is with no disrespect at all, uh, maybe not as politically engaged as you, dear listener, or me and you, Stephen, yeah. and, and who who may think that Brexit is now a bad idea, but do they want to go through yes. another campaign, another vote, another... No, they're, tired, they're been... justifiably tired of Brexit. Yeah, I mean, Bob is a thing. Even if you've been listening to this podcast, yeah. even talking about it, I'm tired of Brexit. <laughs> I think that's just my company, probably. It is. Um, it's the Gwyneth Paltrow anecdote. I've heard, yeah. that, I've heard that 37 times, that anecdote. Who is the most famous person you've ever met? Uh, I bet Paltrow. Kylie probably. Minogue. Oh, that's a good one. George, the late George Herbert Walker Bush, I've met. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, and um, the most notorious O.J. Simpson. Did you meet O.J. Yeah, Simpson? I met O.J. Simpson, yeah. When he was a footballer? Well, he wasn't a footballer, but he was. I met, him at the, I met him at the Super Bowl one wow. year. I met him the day before the Super Bowl. And I've got to say, the way he he, he didn't half hobble um, around this, um, he, he was he was doing his career. He didn't half hobble, and um, but I suppose when you've just murdered two people, you do <laughs> you do pick up the pace a little bit, don't you? You sometimes worry me with um, things you say illegally, but I'm not in the slightest bit worried about yeah, that. No, no, I think you can come and come and have us um, if you fancy it. If you, if he's discovered who the real killers are by now. Um, but I think, yeah. Anyway, oh, go on, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, good. So good, OJ Simpson. Yeah. Well, shaking, we... I, I think I've shaken OJ Simpson's hand. I've not shake. I didn't shake Callum Minogue's hand. I shook George Herbert Walker Bush's hand. Was OJ wearing gloves? He was wearing. He was wearing oh. gloves. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He was wearing gloves. Did they fit? He was wearing. I don't know. He was. <laughs> he was wearing a, a. He was wearing a brown. Only because I've seen photographs of that of that day. He was wearing a brown. Pair of brown gloves, which presumably were the same. Oh, the Bruno which, Magli gloves. Which yeah. Super Bowl was this? It was in. Um, it was. Oh gosh, when was it? It was. I think it was one in Tampa Bay. 
So it was Super was Bowl he wearing gloves 23 for or something yeah. like that. It'd be quite warm. Oh, no, it wouldn't. It would have been the one in Minnesota then, yeah, wouldn't it? Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 24, was that? Anyway. I don't think that the Around the NFL podcast has got much to worry about when it comes to Not uh, getting no. by New European. Um, okay, so uh, before we get on to me and Jerry talking about what will happen after Theresa May loses this, you think she'll lose? Yeah, I think she'll lose. Heavily? Uh, I think she will lose heavily, yeah. Do you think those letters are going in then? Uh, yes, I would imagine that some more letters will, will, will go in. Do you think leadership contest next week? Uh, Very dependent on what she does straight afterwards, Exactly. Isn't it? It really if she says, all right, I'm going back to the EU, she might still I mean, she could from. quite easily resign, couldn't she? There were moments in Whoa. there were moments <laughs> there when were. she opened the batting in the in the debate where it's, I thought this is a bit valedictory. It definitely I, um, sounded like a woman who was trying to sort of write, yeah. try and rewrite her legacy before yeah, it yeah, even yeah, began. Yeah, yeah. So before all of that, and before we get into the you get into the excitement of what will happen next week with Jerry, we should probably talk about something that is happening this weekend, which is the. The Tommy Robinson inspired um, "Don't Betray Brexit" march. Yes, are you attending? Uh, I won't be attending. Oh, where is um, it being held? It's being held in in London. Oh right, central London. Is it? Uh, I think I believe it's on Sunday. Right. Oh, I'm Four thousand people have said on Facebook that they are going to be attending, mm. uh, and of course, this the support for this UKIP support for this, although UKIP have since withdrawn official support. Gerard Batten, their leader, is still going to speak. He's an idiot. Um, Tommy Robinson is going to appear and speak, but it's no longer an officially UKIP-endorsed event. But this has led to the departure from UKIP of the the nicotine stain man frog. So should we, and our our feelings towards Nigel Farage, of course, are... um, Well known. Clear. Our views on this are well known. But um, is this actually the right thing for Nigel to have done in this instance? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we saw... So the reaction to Nigel Farage leaving UKIP was was largely... The the reaction in our bubble was largely, you know, even the party is now even more too racist for Nigel Farage and and all of that. And I do think that Nigel Farage is, is... Partly doing this for personal gain. Yeah, um, it sounded. A li- he did say there is a place for. Um, he said there's like a there's, there's a big hole in British politics, didn't he? And <laughs> yeah, I think, well, well it looks that. look in the mirror, mate. There is there is a huge hole in British <laughs> politics. I think he I think he thinks that he can Do get he can join the Conservatives. He can probably get a safe Conservative seat. The blue wave. That's just his hair. And I this think, is the blue wave. And I think you know, <laughs> no, work on he's about to leave a one cushy job, isn't he? That, yeah. gar- but you know, it guarantees. Think, of those, um, of that high water mark, two thousand and fourteen, was it European yes. elections? I think did you have twenty four yes. MEPs, something like that? I think half of them have now quit. Yes, that's right. I yeah. mean, they're useless, aren't they? Yeah, they are completely useless. Um, but so I think he's doing this for personal gain and for opportunity. Mm. But also, I think that he is right to say that reaching out to people like Tommy Robinson and his supporters is tapping into something extremely dangerous. And he is right to say that he wants no part of that. And I'd, I'd, you know, I'm astonished to hear myself saying this, but Nigel Farage deserves some credit for that. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, even though he is, um, uh, you know, I find him personally loathsome. He's a massive cretin, but he's yes. not as much... Can I use the word cretin? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. But he's not mu- as much of a cretin as Tommy no. Robinson. Who is a... Yeah. Who is far, um, far beyond that. Uh, and then, so so this is happening, and so there is the thought... And Nigel Farage has sort of said... He is worried about the kind of people who turn up to Tommy Robinson uh, meetings, and he's he's quite worried about this. This demo was weighing quite heavily on his mind, and mm. he said, "How is it going to look? How will the opt- how will the optics look for not just the optics that he's normally at <laughs> uh, in his local in the old dog and whistle, um, which is a great <coughs> joke by the way, the do- dog and whistle written by my friend Will Buckley uh, and not by me, which I've appropriated." Um, and he he said, how is it going to look if these people turn up in London, the type of people that support Tommy Robinson, and there is some kind of civil unrest? Mm. And I think he's quite right to, to to do this. And then we have, it's th- we're recording this on Thursday, and I just wanted to talk for a minute about this incredible yes. editorial yeah, yeah. in The Sun. I've, I've got to say, I've been in journalism a long time. Very at one, long at time. one time... I harboured some ambitions of working for the Sun, yeah, which might be too. which might be shocking to to some people. Mm. I did think it was a very well run operation. Yeah, my speciality, yeah. um, um, uh, one of my specialities, as, as you will, is sport. Oh. Um, so um, so you know, um, and um, and I thought it was an extremely well run operation, which one day I might want to work for, even though I heartily disagreed. Uh, but over the years, I've seen so much garbage come out of the sun that I'm very glad that as a young man, my that those uh, that, that ambition quickly washed away. And I've got to say that the, this the Sun editorial of, of Thursday, the sixth of, of December, is one of the worst things that's ever appeared in the Sun, and it's extremely dangerous. And I just want to sort of go through some bits of it uh, now. It's it's headline: Crush this plot to steal Brexit. Crush. This plot to steal Brexit. Okay, it's a, that's a great start, isn't it? It says uh, it begins. There's now a real danger that Remainer MPs will steal Brexit from the British people. Uh, the Tories must prevent this. You know, it's brilliant. It's like oh, I'm so concerned about Brexit being stolen from the the British people. Who'd want to steal Brexit? Well, I know it's like you know <laughs> somebody's stolen this enormous steaming turd out of my toilet, and then the clown car that I've been keeping in my garage has been robbed, and then I got mugged for this iPhone that I bought, which turned out to be an old BlackBerry and not an iPhone, not even a BlackBerry phone, just an old, just an old BlackBerry. It says it's sickening that the pro-EU lobby and its relentless propaganda machine has dragged us to this the brink of this calamity. What has dragged us to the brink of this calamity is the fact that Brexit is unworkable as it was sold by the people that the Sun support and the Sun. Yeah. It says, imagine how bad it will get if MPs, having handed the people the right to choose Brexit, steal it from us. You know, all we're asking is for, for, to ask the people whether they agree with what they said the first time. It's, mm. it's not stealing it from them, it's handing it back to them. Mm. It says, for more than two years, slick, lavishly funded, highly organised politicians and campaigners have sabotaged Brexit negotiations. Nothing more matters more to them than the Europhile elite imposing its will. The people in charge of the negotiations, 
who were put in charge of the negotiations, who with the Brexiteers have sabotaged the Brexit negotiations themselves because delivering on their promises was untenable. The people who have had the most cut through in this debate are not lavishly funded, highly organised politicians. They are people like Femi from um, Our Future, yeah, Our Choice, yeah, yeah. Mike Goldsworthy yeah, from yeah. Scientists for the EU Great or Scientists for Great Britain. Beautiful hair, Mike. They're people like J.K. Rowling, Gary Lineker, celebrities with no skin in the game. Yeah. And, and the people who turn up outside Parliament. You, listener. Every day, you, the listener, the people who go on the high street. People like you, Richard <laughs> Porritt. And then the Europhile elite intend to reimpose their will what, by asking the people if they're sure? That's not the Europhile elite intending. That's just asking... Then it goes into the bit that I, I was really vexed about. I mean, all that is just bullshit, isn't it? But this bit is really dangerous. The second referendum they clamour for is the fastest and surest route to potentially unimaginable disorder. Mm. It's like, if we wish very hard, will it come true? How can any ju- MP justify betraying the referendum? I mean, again, this is a sort of, you know, it, it says, it says they're, they're going to claim that the referendum wasn't fair or legal or binding. Well, look, both the major vote leave campaigns have been found to have broken the rules and a criminal investigation is under the way into one of them. Uh, it says that it says that we we pretend that the, it says the facts have not changed. The facts about Brexit have not changed one bit since 2016. Everyone knew the road was going to be rocky. The sun said so repeatedly. The sun did not say repeatedly that the road was going to be rocky. On the in their editorial on June the 23rd, 2016, they said staying in would be worse for immigration, worse for jobs, worse for wages, worse for our way of life. Outside the EU, we'll become richer, safer, and free. Um, uh, 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 at last, a long last to forge our own destiny, um, and then it said, it, it says, um, people's vote is a cynical lie. People who support it don't give a monkeys for the people. They think seventeen point four million of the people are thick racists. Uh, now, I don't think seventeen point four million people are thick racists. No. I think people voted Leave for loads of reasons, yeah. including lies about the NHS from Vote Leave, lies about migrants from Leave. EU and decades of lies about the EU and migrants by newspapers like The Sun. Mm-hmm. I do also think, however, that not too many thick racists, of which there are some in this country, voted for oh, Remain. Um, and then it says, and now we go back to the dangerous bit again, if Britain voted Leave again, uh, if Britain voted Leave again, we, we would exit, it would be the... Um, oh, it says, if Britain voted Leave again, we would exit the EU rapidly with no deal, the Remainers' nightmare. Mm. Well, you know, fine by me, if you if you vote to jump off a cliff this time knowing that the fall will kill you and then your body will be eaten by crocodiles afterwards, <laughs> then that is fair enough. Um, it says, if Remain won, our democracy would be shattered, all faith in politicians destroyed. It never ends... That never ends... Well, well this would be a vote by the people. What if, what if 17.5 million people voted Remain this time? You know, yeah. this is scared and irrational. Then it gets into the real... This is, this is awful... Do you think Brits are too reserved for civil disorder? Cast your mind back to the riots of the 1970s, 80s, 90s, or 2011, or the febrile atmosphere of the referendum during which Joe Cox, MP, was heartbreakingly murdered. Mm. What? Are we saying this, you know, well, there might be an MP might be murdered. What a tsunami of rage politicians would unleash by ignoring the democratic rights of millions... Uh, this is I mean, this is really desperate stuff. It is on the cusp of giving the thumbs up to civil disorder, and then it's just a few days before these people descend on London. And and it is, as I say, 
There have been some really shameful things in the sun over the years, and this is one of the worst. It is like looking into the dark heart of the very worst things about our country, and I can only ask, is Paul Dacre on work experience at the sun? <laughs> it's extraordinary. <laughs> well, Steve, I think you probably need to go and have a sit-down. Me and Jerry will um, be right back looking at what happens when Theresa May loses the deal. And then you can come back and, after you've calmed down, do Brexiteer of the Week. This is the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Join today for just £3 a month at prog.rs forward slash join. That is prog, P-R-O-G, dot R-S forward slash join, J-O-I-N. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. Jerry's with me. Hello. How are you doing, Jerry? Good. Good week? Very exciting week. It's been busy, hasn't it? It's always busy here. So well, that's true. So me and Steve have just been rabbiting on for the best part of half an hour. Surely not. Yeah. And we've we've done you know, we've looked back, but now is the time to look forward. Mm-hmm. I think we're all of the opinion that Theresa May is going to lose next Tuesday, just, unless something huge happens in the intervening period. Yeah, it'd have to be a big old turnaround, wouldn't it? Um, but what will happen if she does lose? So let's go beyond. <laughs> so it's Wednesday morning. Theresa May has woken from a from fitful a sleep. Fitful, I would imagine. I'm sure slumber with a Brexit hangover mm-hmm. to beat all hangovers. Yeah. What does she do now? Well, there's so many options, aren't there? There are there are a good few. There's a really interesting. Um, Flowchart. It's really good, isn't it? In the Times. In the Times, yeah. I've seen um, that on social media. Yeah, which uh, which must I've actually seen a photo of one of the early versions of it as well as they were trying to work out how to do and it, it's and it's huge. complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we haven't got enough time for that, Jerry. Nope. So 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 should we go through the big the obvious options? Yes. Um. So she could go back to Brussels. Okay. She? Yes. And renegotiate. Yeah. How likely is that? <sighs> Because the EU have often said, uh-uh, this is it. Yeah. They could all leave it, babes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe in a Dutch accent. Go on. Uh, all right. Um, hey, <laughs> this is Brussels. This is the deal. Take it or leave it, babes. Like a VJ on, it's like you're on old um, MTV. Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. Brussels nil, calling. Nil, nil points, Parliament. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think she's going to go back to Brussels and renegotiate. Well, she um, might try. And even but... if she does, I don't think that you are going to say, yeah, come back to the table. That's not going to happen, I don't think. No. Um, so, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> so, she goes, oh, uh, well, there's a summit, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. So, she would imagine she might buy herself some time by going, right, I'm going to go back and talk to him at the summit. Don't worry, it'll be fine. Not more can kicking, surely not. Well, who'd have thought it? Um, so yeah. she goes back and does that. They yeah. say, you know. Mm-hmm. She what? could, and she could do this at the outset as well, 
she could um, call for a second vote without any changes. To wait a minute, wait a minute. A second vote? <gasps> Isn't that what we want? <laughs> <laughs> she said she'd never call a second vote, but now it suits her. She's straight down there with a second vote. Yeah. Um, but surely, surely, just let's go again. Let's go again. But what's the... What, but I don't understand. I don't know. going to change their mind? Well, they might do if it spooks them enough. Top. <laughs> <laughs> Same to you. You remember TARP. We all remember TARP. Well, we, me and Steve discussed it briefly. So the uh, market's tank. Yeah. Pound tumbles. Which Everything goes speak, wrong. Anyway, and the MPs go, oh, That right was a mistake, then. wasn't all it? Right yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So how likely do you think that is? Um, You know, we were talking about it last week, weren't we? I, I think it's too risky. I don't... But what has she got to lose? Well... Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, <laughs> Not much. if she, it, I, I look, I just think it's very, very um, irresponsible to let the markets tank that much and let everything kind of go to pot. But if she, they're gonna do that when she loses sure. that deal. So the the pound is gonna go down um, <clears throat> next Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. uh, and before the markets are gonna up and down on Wednesday mm-hmm. and the main reason is because markets like stability mm-hmm. and there is nothing strong or indeed stable about the current government no. um, and if she then goes they're not suddenly going to stabilise if she goes back to Brussels or indeed says well let's just have another vote um, and they could tank even further if she then loses the next vote Yeah. Um, and it, that really surely would be the end of Theresa May if that vote if she took it back unchanged and lost again. Well, you would think, wouldn't you? I mean, yes. surely. But we've said that before. I mean, I don't. I think she's going to lose on Tuesday. I don't think yeah. she's going to go on the steps of Down Street on Wednesday morning and resign. No, I don't think she's going to sit down there and resign either. She's she's too kind of stubborn for that, isn't yeah, she? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, and this is really important when when we think about Brexit, what we must absolutely keep in our minds is that she sees it as her duty as a Conservative Prime Minister to make sure that Labour aren't in charge. So this is as much about achieving that as it is about achieving Brexit. It's a combination, isn't it? It's also her kind of commitment and her belief that she needs to see it through. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got some sympathy with that. Yeah. I've got sympathy with the wish she's got about seeing it through, but... How often do you see things through, Richard? (laughs) (laughs) What are you suggesting? I started something I couldn't finish. No, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, what next? What else could she do? She, well, you know, we're still waiting on these 48 letters, aren't we? Well, I last heard that they were mid-20s. But, oh, really? but then before, weeks ago, we told they were 44. Uh, I mean, I thought the Tories were good with finance uh, and money and numbers and things. But you never know. If, this, you know, if she's defeated on Tuesday, which we imagine she will be... Will those letters then come flooding in? I think there's going to be some letters. There'll be some more. Yeah, but will it be enough? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Um, but she could then lose a confidence vote and then we're back to leadership election, aren't we? Indeed. Um, but even if even if that was to happen and she was to win the confidence vote, she's still not even any better that, off, is well, she? Exactly. She's none just in the position she's in now. None of those things. None of the things you've talked about... In fact, yeah, none of the things you've talked about so far... Um, break the impasse at all. It all leads to well, it's hell, just more, frankly. More chaos, yeah. Um, and the, more time. Yeah. The government could call a general election. Right. I don't I, think that's going to happen. It's just not going to happen, nah. is it? It's highly, highly unlikely. Nah. She also, firstly, if, if she wanted to do that, she needs, because of the Fixed Term Parliament Act, 
She needs two thirds yep. of MPs to back it. I don't think they would. If she gets to the point of calling a general election, her leadership really is short. Yeah, and again, even if there was a general election, it still doesn't really help us. It doesn't help anyone. No. It certainly doesn't help the Brexit negotiations. No. Um, second referendum. Right, well, that would break the impasse. It would help, yeah. Um, but she's not going to do that. There's no. only one second vote she's calling, and it ain't that one. No. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't rule it out, because if, if she does... If she's toppled or she does step aside, then I think there are Tory leaders who who would consider a second referendum, but I don't think this one's going to... No. Which leads us to her resigning. Right. So what happens then? Well. (laughs) Well, there there have been names banned about this week, haven't there? Let's just get it straight. This is not she loses a... um, vote of uh, a confidence if the letters go in nope. this is not if she loses a more complicated vote of no confidence which would be brought by Labour into the house and would prompt a general election nope. it's again unlikely in my opinion this is her going this is all her right going, I all have right. taken this as far as I can you go and deal with it yeah absolutely yeah so you'll then get some candidates won't you and like I said there are a couple of names bandied about by overheard restaurant chat with uh, Liz Truss this week <laughs> yes. allegedly allegedly Allegedly, um, and then you kind of you've got you've got your kind of two ways. Where if we're going kind of a soft Brexit or a hard Brexit, aren't we? Depending on who you get. So I think we're gonna we will not, you know, unless we got Justine Greening, which seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. We're, we're probably having some kind of Brexit. Yeah. I think that's the most likely outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think anyone without ruling out anything. Yeah. But um, that so so what so you you would suggest then that there would be two styles of Brexit, which would be. Hard and soft. Norway style, Canada. Okay. Um, So, Canada was never in the EU. I can't quite understand that one. Their trade deal. (laughs) deal. Um, So, those names, who do you... uh, Liz was allegedly whispering about... um, Sajid Javid. Javid. He was on there, wasn't he? quite keen on Sajid Javid. Allegedly. He can get his stuff (laughs) sorted. Maybe he'll throw a spanner in the works I think she said something like that so she's obviously going to back Sajid Javid mm-hmm. she wants to be Chancellor mm-hmm. um, Jeremy Hunt is in the mix wasn't he Jeremy Hunt yep Jeremy Hunt whatever you think of him is a canny politician of course he is um, and I think would probably get a lot of support um, but there is of course the grassroots and they like Boris yes but could he get into the last two I don't think he could at this stage well I mean a year ago, perhaps, but the reaction to him when mm. he when he gave that speech was telling, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think he's gone way down in the estimations of many. Never going to happen, is it? Never going to happen, Boris. Never going to happen, Boris. Hard lines. Which one of those things do you think is going to happen? Oh God, it's so difficult to predict, isn't it? Um, I I think she's probably going to try and go back to Brussels. Yeah. And that they're going to say no. I fear. Oh God, I really fear that means we're going to. Have no deal. That's my that's my fear. Um, well, th- that would be the. We were supposed to be playing Brexit Roulette, but I've only just found the button to press for the for the sound effect. That's a. I couldn't find a Wheel of Fortune one. So what are you? <laughs> I produced to a very high standard. This. So what? So you you think? Do you really think we're heading for no deal? Uh, do I really think no. it? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not I now fear with the grieve amendment. Not now with the grieve amendment. No. So yeah, that means that she'll what go for a second vote and 
I think that, probably lose and yeah. I think I think that probably is the end for me then. Although I have been predicting this for about eighteen months now. Yeah. But um, all all roads point to the end, really. <laughs> I think that she will lose on Tuesday. I think she will say, "Don't panic. Nothing has changed." Ah, good. <laughs> we'll go back to Brussels. We will try and renegotiate. They'll she say bugger then, off. Well, I think that probably Brussels, um, being the clever negotiating team they are, have kept something in their in their desk drawer to to throw her some sure, cosmetic. Sure, but will it be enough? Well, it's not going to be the backstop. No. So some bit of cosmetics that won't make much difference to them that she can try and sell for a second time, and it then depends on how the markets have reacted as to whether MPs are are brave enough to to vote it down again mm-hmm. or whether they or whether it's sensible to do it again whether they deem it sensible to do it again or whether they back it um, and I think then once that second vote has been lost she, she really has to go if she doesn't resign at that point then the, I think enough letters will go in yeah I agree I agree well I'm glad you've explained that for us Jerry. you've made it sound so simple and easy now we can all rest assured that we know what's happening in Brexit I'll take over <laughs> Brexiteer of the week Steve You've calmed down. Well, I'm so I'm still angry. You, I heard you smashing something, some kind of therapy or something. Some yes, prim- I was doing a primal scream. Good, good, doing a primal scream. I'm glad you kept your rocks on. <laughs> <laughs> Brexiteer of the week. Let's start with Nadine Dorries, shall we? Um, she took time off from penning her frothy romantic novels to write a WhatsApp message to Michael Gove. Did you read yeah, this? I've seen it. Yeah. It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? It begins, Michael, I love you. <laughs> That's a given. I thought it was going to turn then into one of the the Goves from Lovely Lane or something like that, That's like all Nadine's book. Michael, I love you. She's That's a given. Not well, just to see him is to love him. Um, and. Um, but then, in a plot twist worthy of superior writers like Dan Brown and E.L. James, it turned all went all a bit fatal attraction, didn't it? Yeah. And it, and it sort of ends. For the love of God, be true to yourself and stop this fake selling of a deal you don't believe in. Stop selling us out. You can hear the bunnies being dropped into the pots, can't you? Well, you can. They've just got a new dog, haven't they? The goes and uh, they keep were, your eye on it. They were t- exactly Sarah. Keep a close eye. On that, Nadine Doris's name, by the way, is an anagram of inane disorder. <laughs> I learned this week, and she's also published a novella, which is called Christmas Angels. Uh, I mean, some of my favourite books are novellas. Yeah, um, I have a novella. He um, was good. He was good. He was good with words. You know, uh, The Stranger by Carmu. Yeah. But I think in Nadine Doris's uh, instance of uh, The Stranger from Lovely Lane, as it would have been called, <laughs> if Nadine. Tranche Dan's Lovely Lane. Lane L'Amour. <laughs> um, I, I imagine it was just that she ran out of anything else to say, so went, yeah. oh, I've well, got about 100 pages worth. Will that do? Anyway, it's currently riding high in Amazon's Kindle store charts at number 796. Christmas Angels. Christmas Angels. Uh, Pretty Patel. Yeah, uh, she didn't like me, but if here's a game we've been playing on the desk this week. Find... She's got new glasses, by the way, hasn't she? Has she seen Pretty Patel? She's been seen... to the same... You know Jeremy Corbyn's new glasses? Yeah. Which is obviously, you know, Tom Watson said, "Oh, they're a bit like mine." He's probably nicked my glasses. Yeah, yeah. She's got, she's now got black horn rimmed glasses. Is that right? So obviously, if you want to be viewed as I'm being a very serious politician now, that's what you need. Black horn rims are the way to go. Well, here's a little game you can play at home. Listener. Yeah, it's the Pretty Patel game. Yeah, go on Google. Yeah, 
go on search Google Images, yeah. put Pretty Patel, and if you can find me a picture where Pretty isn't flirting with you, then you're very good because we can't find any. She flirts with cameras left, right, and centre. Well, send them go. my way on Twitter if you find them. She's definitely making some kind of move. Um, uh, uh, it's 13 months since she lost her job now. Yeah. Um, very ambitious. She, she is. TV appearances, she's definitely up though. She's brought in James Starkey, who used to be Michael Gove's spad. He was the yeah. boat leave yeah. regional press guy, wasn't he? He's, he's got his pal Hutch as well. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got the big, one of them had a big pullover, didn't they? Who was that? I think it was. Was it Star? I think it was Starsky, Starsky wore yeah, a big yeah. pullover. But this is Starkey. Yeah, it is James Starkey and Hutch. Um, and she's t- changed her Twitter biography to a Margaret Thatcher quote which says you may have to fight a battle more than once to win it. And the weird thing is that even though this quote is credited to Margaret Thatcher everywhere, I don't think Margaret Thatcher actually said it. It's not sourced, and there are 8,000 speeches, interviews, statements on the Thatcher Foundation uh, website where it's, I mean, it's more or less everything that she ever said. said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's excellent. And uh, and it's not in there. And the only Thatcher quote that comes close is, I fight on, I fight to win, which obviously she said on the day before (laughs) she was forced to resign as Prime Minister. Yeah. Um, Godfrey Bloom. He's not appeared in this list for a while. Oh, he is former UKIP brilliant. MEP. He was famous for, for saying we shouldn't give aid to Bongo Bongo Land, yeah. wasn't he? And he was dumped uh, by the party in 2013 after he said at the conference he, that a women in politics fringe meeting at UKIP's conference was full of um, who said that they uh, who looked like they didn't clean behind their own fridges. Uh, and Godfrey Bloom is back, he continuing. Tried to his... suggest, didn't he, that it was an old, yes, old English term for a woman who doesn't clean behind a fridge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and he's continued his important work on behalf of feminism because when Delia Smith turned up on Mar last week, back in the People's Vote, Godfrey Bloom tweeted, "Stick to cooking, poppet. It's what you do best." Um, Delia Smith, seventy-seven uh, years old, a national treasure. Uh, a wonderful person, Godfrey Bloom, a 69-year-old man, totally relevant and probably shouldn't be calling anybody poppet anyway. Shouldn't uh, be allowed to have a sword. He uh, shouldn't be allowed to have a sword, no. Uh, but I wonder what is next for Godfrey, Godfrey Bloom, and it's probably hosting the Ballon d'Or Award, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Bruce Dickinson. We were talking earlier on about um, terrible bands dragging piss-poor LPs yeah, around Def the world. Yeah, Def Leppard have got a CD out. And, uh, and it, the Iron Maiden, they have, yeah. They've done, Def Leppard have done a version of Personal Jesus, by the way. I think they did that a few years ago. Oh, have they? Yeah, oh, right. okay. but I mean, one of the best, one of my favourite songs from Depeche Mode, Ruined. Yes. Um, Johnny Cash's version's good, though. It is very good, yes, yes. Uh, Def Leppard's version, I'm sure, will be equally as good. Mm. Or maybe not. Um, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, come out as a Brexiteer. I'm not that shocked. Brexit actually opens our borders. Brexit will enhance our economic capabilities. He said, if musicians were running Europe, Europe would run a lot better because we'd all just get along with each other and say, yeah, yeah. And he said, people will soon forget all this nonsense about Brexit and we can get along with doing what we should be doing, which is getting on with each other, trading with each other, making music and making love. Does very much sound like a Spinal Tap quote. It very much does, and I wonder whether the lyrics of Iron Maiden's most famous song should now be "Bring your daughter, bring all your other relatives, <laughs> and bring the whole British economy to the slaughter." Let them go. Let them. Let them go. I think that was their only number one. 
Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? But the Brexiteer of the Week is Stephen Barclay. Who? Newest arrival in the cabinet. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not even a household name in his own household, is he? Doesn't even know. He doesn't know the right date on the, which we are due to leave the European Union. He was in the. This is just extraordinary. He was in the Commons exiting the European <laughs> Union committee, and the keen Brexiteer said, "I am committed to ensuring, and the Prime Minister is committed to ensuring that we do leave the EU on March the thirty-first. And in fact, as we all know, we're all leaving." On March the 29th, twenty nineteen. Friday. Um, but, you know, why should why should Stephen Barclay need to know insignificant details like that? After all, he, he is only the Brexit secretary. Extraordinary. So Stephen Barclay, Brexiteer of the Week. I would hazard a guess that it might not be his last, uh, last time at topping that chart. I think he's still got some classics to come yeah, in that. the intervening weeks. Um, watch the listen to him right now. Go to your podcatcher of choice, whether it's iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, wherever. Wherever you listen to this fine podcast every week, please hit subscribe. It really makes a difference, and then you will uh, will not have to be prompted to download us. Uh, please leave us a lovely review, lots of uh, high, very high star rating. That makes a difference. We'll see us rise up the charts. Um, if you love the New European, you should consider joining our crowdfunder at steadyhq.com slash the new European. steadyhq.com slash the new European. European, um, you can help support our work. You can like us on Facebook and you can join our Facebook readers group. Um, or you can like the New European, you can follow the New European on Twitter, that's at the New European. You can even follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey, S A N G L E S E Y. Or you can follow me at Porritt, P O R R I T. That was the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress. The centre-left Labour pressure group changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote. Your remain home in Labour. Join now at prog.rs forward slash join. If you haven't already, this week's New European is a must-buy. Go out and get it. It's £2.50. You will find it in all fantastic news agents. There's not just Brexit, though. Oh no, and not just politics, although there is plenty of that. There's also tons and tons of culture, lots of fun to be had, and lots of facts to be found. We'll be back next week, even if the Prime Minister isn't. Until then, Mr Campbell, take it away. Here you go. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Good start, wasn't it? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.